0: And laughs. Theater of the mind. The best love programs from radio's golden age. Only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you,
1: and welcome to the show. You ever wonder about the imagination needed to foresee the future and predict various things that will come to pass? Well, Our first show this evening has that element attached to it. It's strange that so little good science fiction came out of radio. They seem ideally compatible, both relying heavily on imagination. Some fine, isolated science fiction stories were developed on the great anthology shows Suspense and Escape. But until the premiere of Dimension X, a full two decades after network radio was established, there were no major science fiction series of broad appeal to adults. This show dramatized the work of such fine writers as Ray Bradbury, Isaac Asimov, Kurt Vonnegut, to name just a few. The series Dimension X used a stable of fine writers, and tonight's show entitled The Outer Limit is a great example of this ability. When the show was first aired in 1950, the writers were looking ahead to 1965 and a spacecraft that could reach the moon. Adventures in time and space.
2: Transcribed in future tense. Dimension. Can you predict what will come in 100 years? Or in 10? Or in the next minute? Some people think they can. Nuclear science, mathematicians, astronomers, biologists. They'll predict the shape of the future because they make the future. Because they see beyond the known dimensions of time and space into the unknown, Dimension X. We go ahead now in time to 1965. We're on a vast concrete runway set in the desert of the southwest. A giant metal ship stands before us, prow pointed for the stars. And in five minutes, the signal will flash and it will tear up through the atmosphere to the outer... Lip. Attention. Attention. Rearfield
3: for takeoff. Rearfield for Five minutes, Steve. Right. Water up, Charlie. Over. All right. I want to go over procedure again, Steve. Don't worry, I got it straight. We'll just make sure. Okay. I take her up on jets to 50,000, then I cut in the rocket. No lower, or your tail blast will burn out three counties. I climb four minutes on rockets, then start maneuver test. Remember that, no more than four minutes. Right. This ship isn't like those strata rockets you've been testing. She's the first one built for outer space. If she works. She can go clear to the moon. I'd have known that, I'd have brought my toothbrush. Hmm, not this trip. Now, get this, Steve. You've got power there to clear the Earth's gravitational field. But remember, after you cut in the rockets, you've only got ten minutes' fuel. If you go beyond the outer limit... And don't save fuel for the return. I know. I won't get down again. That's right, Steve. You'll drift off into space. Get that now. Ten minutes fuel. Gotcha. As far as I'm concerned, this project is a lot more important than that cosmic ray bomb they're testing out in the Pacific tonight. Well, Security Commission brass doesn't think so. I don't see any undersecretaries under anything. Don't worry. In the long run, our ship will make the CR bomb backpage stuff. But in the meantime, it's just as dangerous. Remember, half the principles in this ship are pure theory, Steve. Slide rule stuff. If anything goes wrong, we may have to scrape you off the landscape with a soup spoon. You have a charming sense of humor. And here's what I'm getting at. We're risking your neck in this test. If anything blows, we don't want to have the next man pull the same boner. I know, Hank. So keep your mic open and keep talking. If anything goes wrong, we want to know exactly why. And we won't be able to ask you. Let us know before you pull every switch. Before you do anything. You got that? Yeah. Even if you only have to blow your nose. All right, get those fuel lines away. Okay, Mr. Grove. Well, I guess that's about all, Steve. Yeah, that reminds me. Look, if Mary calls, I'm just up on a milk run. I didn't tell her today was it? How is she? She's okay, but she's due about now, and I don't want her to be nervous. Hey, I didn't know the baby was that close. Yeah, Steve, I I really ought to be sending a single man on this job. Pardon, cut me out of its soft paycheck. Forget it, Hank. You know you can't get anybody else who can take fifteen G's acceleration when those rockets cut in. Yeah, I know. It's time, Steve. Yeah. Well, see you later. Don't worry, Hank. I'll sweat for both of us. Button her up, Charlie. So long, Hank. So long. We'll give you the light from control. you on the speaker. I'm ready to go. Mister Hanson. Ready on radar, Sergeant. Yes. Mister Hanson, you better see this. What is it, Hanson? Okay? Message sent for Steve. Mrs. Weston just left for the hospital. What? Hello, Steve. Yeah. Stand by a minute. Shall we hold the takeoff, Mister Hanson? What? Oh yes. Uh, no, wait. Wait just a minute. It's, uh, it's too late now. you going to tell him? Maybe he's got enough to worry about. Hey, what's all Is that Hank? Something on your mind? No, no. It's it's nothing, Steve. I just wanted to say good luck. Clear for takeoff, Charlie. Right. Okay. Give him the light. All right, Steve, I'm reading you clear. Got that, Charlie? Check. Uh, Dead center on radar, Mr. Hanson. 50,000 now. Cutting out the port jet. Now the starboard. Off jet. Airspeed dropping. Opening the rocket. Switch. Switch a little, Charlie. Lock the alcohol. Pressure at 350. All right, now I'm advancing the ignition key. Here goes rocket one. Still climbing. Altitude, 297 miles. All right, you're at the outer limit. Level off for maneuver test. You've got exactly six minutes fuel left. Okay. Starting a three-degree left bank. It's a little sluggish. It's all right now. There's a low vibration someplace. Maybe the cockpit
4: hatch.
3: Now I'm straightening out. Five minutes
4: fuel left.
3: Now I'm starting a three-degree... Hey! Something up here. Something shining. What are you talking about? Something above me, Hank. I'm going to chase it. Steve, Steve, you're at the outer limit now. I can see it plain now. Steve, don't go any higher. You've only got four minutes left. You've only got. static. I can't hear you, Hank. It's dead ahead now. I'm going to make a pass at it. Get a good look. Hey, it's swerving to meet me. It's dead ahead now. It's dead ahead. Steve, Steve, come in.
1: Nine
3: minutes, fuel gone. Still no sign on radar. Hello, hello, Steve. Steve, what's happened? Charlie, get out the cry squad. Tell the Army squadron to alert their search planes. Right.
5: Nine and a half minutes, Christ gone. Squadron. Hello,
3: hello, We're Steve. What's happening? What wow. oh, the devil is Charlie, hello. From Mr. come in, Steve. We need a search squadron. Come in. No, Mr. Hanson's busy. Hello. Hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. Ten minutes, Mr. Hanson. At the end of the show... Ten now. Ten hours, Mr. Hanson. Nothing more on radar, Sergeant. Screens blank. Yeah. Colonel Corelli called in. Search planes are back. He didn't find anything. Should be some trace. He Couldn't have bailed out, could he? You don't hit the silk at forty-four hundred miles an hour. He Either went past the outer limit, ran out of fuel, something blew, and we'll find the pieces scattered from here to the coast. Why does it have to be the best man? Always the best man. I'll get it, sir. Charlie. Fun. Charlie, yes, we you know we've got to Stop figure him. out what was wrong. Mm. Oh, all right, I'll tell Something you. something Sorry, must have blown. Right? Yeah. There's
4: a message from Northside Hospital for, for Steve. Well, what is it? Mrs. Weston's fine. A boy.
3: Thank you, Elsie. It's a boy, Charlie. Oh. Fine. Fine. It's a boy. He didn't even know she went to the hospital. How am I gonna tell Mary that? Wasn't your fault, Mr. Hansen? ship had to be tested. Yeah, yeah, we'll build another one and some other flying fool will shoot past the outer limit into space. Oh, I'm getting old, Charlie. You can remember when I used to take him up myself. Now I've got to send other men. It's a job, Mr. Hanson. Now I'm afraid. Every time I hear a jet go off, I jump. Every time I have to send someone up in a new model, I start to sweat. Mr. Hanson? Yeah? I think there's something on the radar. No flights scheduled in, either, Elsie? We have a whole day cleared. It's coming in behind us. Sure, it comes over the building. What crazy jockey is buzzing the field like that? Is that an army plane, Charlie? I can't see. It's turning. Charlie, alert the field. I know that engine. Steve. That's impossible. That's his ship. It can't be. There's no other model like that. It's Steve, all right. It's coming in. Thank God. Oh God. All right, so now we'll see, you. the quicker we get this done, the quicker you get over to see Mary and the baby. Hank. Elsie, give the order to check and refuel the rockets. I don't want anybody in here till I get Steve's reports. Bury any calls. All right, let's have it. What the devil happened to you? Hank, does that cosmic ray bomb still go off tonight? What are you talking about? Straighten out, Steve. Where have you been for the last ten hours? Listen, Hank, there's something more. Come on, come on. I've got to get a report on the screen to Washington, so let's have it. I've got to know how you stretch ten minutes' fuel to keep you in the air for ten hours. Now, one thing before I talk. Look, Steve. Have the men run over the ship before they refuel. What'd you run into? So help me, Hank. I don't know. We better check and make sure it isn't radioactive. Elsie, add a Geiger report on the standard check. Steve, maybe we better have the doc look you over, too. No, no, I'll be all right. They said I'd be all right. eh? Look, son, I know you've had a tough time, but we've had this field on the alert for ten hours. One of the Army boys cracked up looking for you, and he's hurt bad. So let's have the story. Let's have it straight. I don't know how to tell you. Hank, I saw something up there. At 300 miles? I chased something up there, Hank, and I caught now it. Now, don't hand me that. Listen. You. I was cruising along, just starting the right bank, when I spotted something. It must have been going about half my speed. It was egg-shaped and smooth. I made a pass at it, and I was coming back for another, and then there was a humming sound. Humming? A sort of vibration, and I blacked out. I was headed straight for it at 4,400 miles an hour. I thought it was going to be the biggest smash since Hiroshima, and I guess they were drinking that bottle. Never mind that, Steve. What happened? I came to inside their ship. Uh Uh-huh. Steve, this whole thing has been a devil of a strain on you. I'm gonna call Major Donaldson from the Army base. Ask him to sit in. Psychiatrist? Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Let him run his tests. He'll tell you I'm not kidding. Because, Hank, unless I miss my guess, I've just been tipped off to the way the world ends. <laughs> Mr. Weston, suppose you continue your story. Yes, let's have it, Steve. You woke up inside the ship? Yes, and the place was jammed with machinery. Dials, blinkers. I couldn't recognize anything. And you were surrounded by these men from Mars? I didn't say anything about men from Mars. I didn't even say they were men. I couldn't see them clearly. They were just there. Where did they come from then? Another galaxy. Millions of miles outside of our solar system. That's all I know. You figure out where they came from. And they came all that distance to find the Earth? Yes. Did they tell you that? Yes. You mean they spoke English to you? No, no, they didn't. It's funny. I hadn't thought. They didn't really speak to me at all. They just planted the thoughts in my mind. You mean thought transference, telepathy? Yes, that's right. Well, Steve, what brought them here? We did, Hank. We rang their bell. We brought them in. Uh How? With our atomic explosions. Hank, that's why you've got to stop that bomb test tonight. <sighs>
4: I'll
3: give up. Look, you've got to believe me, Hank. Oh, how can I make you understand? Maybe I can help Mr. West. Would you submit to narco What's that? Under proper drugs, I can put you back in this, uh, ship. By suggestion. Then we can get a playback record of your memory pattern on the audio circuit. And how long will that take? Half an hour. We'll have to go over to the lab. Will you believe me if it checks? It will give us an accurate memory picture of what your mind reports. All right, let's go. Hank, you gotta believe me, we haven't got much time. You should be getting drowsy now. Count backwards from ten. Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Six. He's under. Now we attach the headlight electrodes. Cortical pickup. Look out for that wire, Mr. Henson. Real setting. 31.3. Now throw that switch, Mr. Henson. I have to start him off by suggestion. All right, Steve. You're in your ship now. You're in the rocket. Fuck. You're in the rocket. You're in the rocket. And you've just sighted something strange. Now I'm starting a three degree right. What's that? Hey! There's something up here. Something shining. His memory pattern. We're picking it up electronically. There's something above me, Hank. I'm going to chase it. Through the audio circuits. I'm getting static. I can't hear you, Hank. This is where we lost contact with him. I'm going to make a pass at it. And... Hey, it's swerving to meet me. It's straight ahead now. It's straight ahead. No, this is where he blacked out. There's no telling how long—minutes or hours. What's that noise? I don't know, Quiet. Where? How did I get in here? Who are you? Is he seen things? Intergalactic patrol. What's that? What are they saying, Steve?
2: What are they saying?
3: It's about nuclear fission. They know about it. They know the danger of it. Long ago, they had wars that almost destroyed them. But finally, they learned. Now they've outlawed war.
2: Go on, Steve.
3: They patrol space. When their detector picks up an atomic explosion, they send a patrol. What are they going to do? They've quarantined us. Quarantined? They've isolated the Earth. Because we don't know how to control ourselves yet. Until we learn, we'll be a menace to the whole universe. What is this nonsense? How are they going to do it, Steve? They've spread a layer out here of... I don't know how to call it. All around the Earth. It's miles. there's an atomic explosion on Earth, the radioactive particles will drift up to this layer and set off a chain reaction. It'll go around the world in microseconds. And that's the end. The end? Wait, wait. Yes. Yes. I understand. I've got to bring back the warning. You're going to put me back in my ship to bring the warning. Now one. Blacked out again. I guess that's all. What does all that mean? It's what he remembers. don't think that really happened. No, no. Narcopsychometry circuits produce what he remembers. It just means that Steve believes this happened. I don't like Uh, to see this. Ah, I've seen too many top pilots snap. Steve is the best I've known. Mm -hmm. How bad do you think he is? Frankly, outside of the presence of this well-organized hallucination, there's no sign of unbalance may not be too serious. If he had a more plausible story, I'd be inclined to believe him. Why? Hank. It's all right, boy. Did you hear it, Hank? You understand? Sure, sure. We've we've been quarantined. Let me give you something to make you sleep, Steve. Don't you understand? They fixed it so that if we set off one more nuclear explosion, that'll be it. Of course. Don't roll your sleep down. You don't believe me. Take it easy, Steve. They're the pest tonight. They're setting off to see our bomb. Hank, what time is it? 11.20. 11.20. Well, it's scheduled for midnight. I think we've got to stop that bomb. Steve, let Donaldson give you the hypo. Thank you've got to believe me. I saw them. I got the warning. If we touch off that bomb tonight, it'll be the biggest galactic 4th of July of all time. The whole Earth will go up like a Roman candle. April 10th, 1965, the end. Now, look, Steve, you better calm down. Don't you want to see Mary and the baby? You've got a new son, remember? Yeah, that's just it. I, I want to see my son. I want him to live. If that bomb goes off, Hank, we've got to stop them. Mr. Hanson, I think we'd better get over to the base house. Hank, you've got to believe me. Sure, sure, Steve. Maybe there is something to it. Look, it's out of your hands. I'll put it in a report and shove it into Washington in the morning. In the morning? There isn't going to be any morning, Hank. Don't you understand? You've got to call Washington now. Get the head of the Security Commission and postpone that test. Now, you know I can't do that, Steve. My neck would be out a mile. Besides, this is 1965, not 45. Twenty countries have atomic bombs now. What's the use of stopping just this one? The rest will keep right on popping them Well, we'll have to call an international conference. Can't you understand, Hank? The first one that goes off finishes us at the end. They've given us the quarantine warning. Steve, I think you'd better go with us to the base (laughs) hospital. Look, Steve. We can call up for a detail if we have to. All right, all right. I'll go with you. You don't need a straight jacket. That's the way, Steve. You'll probably feel better by
0: morning. Let's go.
3: Well, Steve, tomorrow I'll drive you over to the hospital to see Mary and the kid. Sure. Look we'll at the ship under the floodlights. Pretty, huh? You'll be flying her again soon, don't you worry. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, what you doing out in the line? The, uh, refueler? Yeah, we got Klausowitz coming in tomorrow from Denver for another test. Figure we give you a day off. That's good. That's fine. Steve! Steve, come back! Come on, Donald. Come. Steve! Steve, wait! heading for the rocket. Look, there he goes up. That crazy fool. You can't get at him now. That covers armor glass. He's waving. Yeah, towards control. Oh, it's the radio. He needs the radio. Come on. I should have gotten help. Now yeah. oh, the radio's still up here. Hello. Hello, Steve. Listen to me, Hank. You gotta call Washington now. Come out of that rocket, Steve. I'll call my bed. You don't try anything, Hank. They refueled the rocket for tomorrow. Take it easy, Steve. Listen, you know what'll happen when I fire the rocket tubes down here? Steve, don't. It'll burn out every building for five miles. All of us in one big blast. Steve, what do you want? You've got to stop that bomb. You've got to call Washington right now. They won't believe me. You make that call or I cut in the rocket. Now, I mean it, Hank. I hook my screen to yours in parallel. I want to see exactly what you're doing. All right, all right. Just don't fire those rockets. Get going, Hank. you got 12 minutes to make that call and stop that bomb. All right, I'm making the parallel hookup right now. Johnson, you think he'll really blast? Him? I don't know. Up to now, I'd almost say it was normal, but now he's liable to do anything, Hanson. Steve, Steve, there, are you getting it on your screen? Yeah. Now put that call through. All right. Operator. Visit screen to Washington. The visit screen circuits are busy, sir. If you'll try again in half an hour. This is security commission priority. Break in, get me a line.
4: Yes, sir. Just a moment, please. And then
3: a minute, Hank. Listen, Steve, I'm trying. So
4: ready to take your call, sir. Uh,
3: Washington, security commission three. This is urgent. I want undersecretary Herbert Ames. Washington three. One moment, please. Hurry, will you? One moment, please. What time is it, Donaldson? 11.51. Do you think he'll fire those rockets? He might.
4: Washington?
3: Visit screen three. Mr. Herbert Ames, please.
4: That is a code of ex- change. I cannot accept your call without clearance. Get it
3: through, Hank. Listen, Washington, put it through. This is Mr. Hanson at San Marco Air Base. This is a priority call. I'm coded. One moment, please. I will check your code number. Get that through, Hank, and that phone goes off at 12. Will you be reasonable, Steve? Your call has cleared, San Marco. Washington, visit Green three. Herbert Ames, please. Security Commission, Ames. Listen, Ames. Hello, Ames. Ames, you've got to get me to the chief. Are you kidding? Is it the test control room? Yes, I know, but get him for me. There's no time. I've got to get him before the test. It's about the C.R. bomb. I
4: can take that responsibility. (laughs) That's true, Hank. Right plan. Hey, what's going
3: on there? Ames, my project has a high enough rating. This is a priority A call. What? Okay, it's your neck. I'll try to get him for you. He's in the control room, so you'll have to switch off your screen and (laughs) speaker and go on earphones. Too much going on in there. Security ruling. You hear that, Steve? I've I've got to cut the incoming screen. This is Hanson at San Marco. No, sir. Priority A request to cancel the bomb test. No, no, I'm serious. It's deadly serious. We sent the X2JTR up today to the outer limit. We uncovered evidence. Yes, on the automatic instruments. What's that? No possible chain reaction. No, I I can't tell you the whole story. There isn't time here. Yes, yes, I'll bring the readings into Washington in the morning. You've got to postpone the test till you see them. Look, I've worked on contracts with the commission for ten years. Yes, yes, I have complete confidence in my information. You can record that. All right, I, I'll call you back immediately. Bye. Hank? Hey, hey. He's agreed to cancel, Steve. The bomb won't go off. All right, boy. You can come down out of that ship. He's opening up. Here he comes. All right, Steve. Come on down. Sure, Hank. Just a second. Hank, I was scared. I was plain scared. No, it's all over. The bomb won't blow Thank God. Look, uh, I want to see Mary and the baby. Can you get me transportation now? Wait a minute, it's almost 12. They won't let you in the hospital now. I want to see the baby. Sure you do, but you've been under a strain. I've got a shot for you here, Steve. Give you a good night's sleep. All right. Roll up your sleeve. Yeah, yeah. There, there that'll make you sleep. Sergeant will find you a bed. Yes, sir. Come on, Mr. Weston. Okay. Good night, Hank. I'm kind of beat. It's been a tough night. It sure has. I thought for a minute he was going to blast those rockets and send us all to kingdom come. Yeah. Quite a stunt getting the ray bomb test called off. It isn't called But the chief said... Ames couldn't get the chief. I was talking to a dead circuit. Bomb goes off in a couple of minutes. Oh. Poor Steve. He was one of the best. He was the best. One in ten million... Some story of this, poor guy. For a while, he almost had me believing that quarantine. That's a very common delusion. End of the world. Yeah. I suppose so. Ah, it's a nice night. <sighs> Never saw the stars so bright. We better be getting in. That wind is cold. The hmm. well, bomb goes off in 30 seconds. Of course, Steve. No, Hanson. There's just one thing.
2: Yeah. It's outside my field, but I'm curious. How did he keep that ship in the air for ten hours with only ten minutes fuel?
3: You have just heard another adventure in time, space... and the unknown world of the future. The world of... Dimension.
2: Next week... a star of the future appearing on the program of the future... Dimension X. Next week, Miss Nancy Olsen, the talented young actress whose performance in Sunset Boulevard marks her as one of Hollywood's most promising young actresses, becomes the first of a group of rising young artists of stage and screen who have been invited to make an appearance in this series. So listen then for Hello Tomorrow, starring Nancy Olsen on Dimension X.
3: Tonight, Dimension X has transcribed The Outer Limits, written by Graham Doar and adapted for radio by Ernest Kenoy. Featured in the cast were Wendell Holmes as Hanson, Joseph Julian as Steve, and Joe DeSantis as Donaldson. Your host was Norman Rose. Music by Albert Berman, engineer Bill Chambers. Dimension X is produced
1: by Van Woodward and directed by Edward King. Stay tuned for George Burns and Gracie Allen, next on Theatre of the Mind. Time now for that scatterbrained but always lovely Gracie Allen and her hubby, George Burns, and a show that was first aired in 1943.
6: Well, hello, come right in. Oh, George,
4: we've got company!
7: This is Bill Goodwin, speaking for Lever Brothers, makers of Swan, the new white floating soap that's pure as fine castiles. Well, it's Tuesday night again, time for another pleasant visit with George Burns and Gracie Allen, our guests, Jack Benny, Jimmy Cash, Felix Mills and his orchestra, and the Swan Tech. And now, meet the people who live in the Burns house, George and Gracie. Well, it's morning in the Burns home, and George is just coming downstairs to leave for the office. Good morning, dear. Good
6: morning, darling. Look what the postman just brought you, a present from Pat O'Brien.
8: Oh, i bet Pat is sorry he started that rumor about me being a juggler. Open the package, dear. All right. I met him yesterday, and I told him a few jokes. I guess that convinced him I was a comedian. <laughs> What, uh, what are you laughing about? What's in the package?
6: A set of Indian clubs. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Next time I get my hands on that oh, Irishman, believe me... Oh,
6: before long, everybody will know that you're not a juggler. They'll know you for what you really are.
8: And, uh, what, uh, what is that?
6: Well, a singer, of course. Oh, oh that.
8: Oh, sure. <clears throat>
6: I-, I wrote to our sponsor and suggested that you sing on our program every week.
8: That's the twelfth time.
6: Yeah, but this time he answered.
8: Say, that's a good sign. Open the letter.
6: Um, Wait till Bing Crosby hears you sing. He'll retire and start to raise a family.
8: (laughs) Oh, Gracie, I'm not better than Crosby. As good, maybe, but... uh, Well, (laughs) open the letter. What does the sponsor say? Believe
6: me, there are plenty of other big programs that would like to have George Burns as a singer.
8: Gracie, the letter, open it.
7: Well?
6: George, what are some of the other big programs?
8: <laughs> Turn me down again, huh? I...
6: Oh, never mind, dear. You're a great singer. Even Bill Goodwin said with a voice like yours, you ought to sing in our big army show. Army show? Yes. It's in charge of some officer named Major Bowes.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
8: I'll forget it. <clears throat> I better get along to the office. Yeah,
6: I'll ride down in the bus with you. I have an appointment at the beauty shop. Okay, let's go. No way. Uh, before we leave, won't you sing something just for me? Oh, Gracie. Oh, please, dear. Just one little glorious burst of melody.
8: Well, all right.
1: <clears throat> just a gigolo everywhere I go. People know the part I'm playing. Oh, oh. God, you're
0: wonderful.
6: I won't be happy until your voice leaves the whole world the way it leaves me, weak and limp.
8: <laughs> Thanks
6: Oh, come on, I'm due at the beauty shop in five minutes
5: Well, what'll it be today, Mrs. Burns? A shampoo and set? Oh, yes, and I'm kind of in a hurry, Josie Well, I'll do my best, Mrs. Burns, but we're short and I have to work on the customer in the next booth, too The old horse face, I hope he chokes He? He?
6: You mean there's a man in the next room? Well,
5: sort of a man.
8: Josie, where are you? Oh,
5: that's him. I wish he'd go sit on a hot curling iron.
8: Josie, come back here. This finger wave of mine
4: stinks. <laughs>
8: Josie, do you hear me? This finger wave
5: stinks. All right, all right. Leave your hair on the table and I'll do it over again. Sure I know that man. What's his name? I'm not allowed to tell, Mrs. Burns. The old goat scared the newspapers might find out he goes to a beauty shop. Oh, come on, Judgey. Give me a little hint. Well, he's the stingiest man in Hollywood. Oh, stingy, huh? And how. When he gets a mud pack, we have to save the mud for him so he can put it
3: in his victory garden. (laughs)
4: get it from
5: that. Give me another hint. Well, let's see. Uh, uh, he used to drive an old broken down Maxwell. Uh, no, it's not use. I can't guess who it is. <laughs> You're not missing anything. He's tried to date every girl in town and nobody will go out with him.
4: Oh, oh hello, Jack. How's
6: Mary? Gracie, <laughs> is
5: that
7: you?
6: Well, yeah, come on into
7: my book, Jack. Oh, sure, sure.
8: Hello, Gracie. I guess you're surprised to see me here. Oh,
6: well, yes, I am.
8: Well, you see, Mary lost a bobby pin the last time she was here, I, and <laughs> I dropped by to look for it.
4: <laughs>
8: <laughs> you know what the bobby pin situation is, Terrible.
4: Oh, sure.
8: I bet you thought I was here to get a beauty treatment. <laughs> Gracie, you sound like you don't believe me.
6: Maybe that's because I don't.
8: Well, if I'm lying, may something terrible happen to Phil Harris.
5: Oh, uh, Mr. Benny. Yes? Here's your mud. I wrapped it up for you.
8: Oh, well. Phil always played too loud anyway.
6: Well, Jack Benny in a beauty shop... Wait till the girls hear this.
7: Now, Gracie, look, look you must oh, promise girls, me. Oh, I brought your swan soap. Oh, hello, Gracie.
6: Oh, hello, Bill.
7: Why, Jack Benny, what are you doing here? Well,
6: I'll tell you, Bill, he's here. Well,
7: Bill Goodwin in a beauty shop. <laughs> Wait till the girls hear this, huh, Gracie? Wait a minute, I just came over to bring some swan soap. Well, Bill, I... Oh, Bill Goodwin has beauty treatments. That's really something to tell the girls, huh, Gracie? Hey, look, the operators here use swan soap. Not only because it's so mild for the customer's complexion, but because that same mildness makes it great at home. For the dishes, light laundry, or for bathing the baby. Swan's the new white floating soap that well for that's four swell soaps in one. Well, Bill... Bill, good Goodwin
4: in a beauty shop.
8: <laughs> really, I, I thought that curly
7: hair wasn't natural. Now, wait a minute. No girl in this shop has ever laid a hand on me. Except, of course, after working hours.
6: <laughs>
7: oh. What are you doing here, Benny?
4: Well, I'll tell you, Bill. Jack is... Oh, Bill! Good one of the beauties. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting
7: manicures and everything. I am not. My hands just happen to look gorgeous because I always wash my dishes with swan. (laughs) Oh. Swan is great for washing the dishes. Gives you loads of suds. Suds that are so mild and gentle your hands don't get that rough
8: red dish panty look.
4: Well, Bill... Bill! (laughs) One in a
8: beauty shop. And to have his, to have his eyebrows plucked. That's
7: something, isn't now, it? Now look, Jack. I told you I just came here to deliver some swan soap. Swan's a great wartime buy. What I want to know is what's Jack Benny doing here? Well, I'll tell you, Bill. Bill, go all oh, nuts. Goodbye. <laughs>
8: Gracie, Gracie, look, for heaven's sake, don't let out my secret. I mean, I don't want everyone I meet to know I've been taking beauty treatment.
6: Oh, don't worry, Jack. You'll never suspect it.
8: (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, don't you tell. You know, if the newspapers get hold of it, I'm cooked. And you know how the gang would kid me on my program.
6: Oh, yeah, your program. Uh, Jack, you don't want this to get in the papers, huh?
8: No, I'll do anything to keep it out, Gracie, anything.
6: good. Uh, starting Sunday, Jack George will sing on your program
3: George? Yes Sing? Uh Uh-huh Gracie, I've heard
8: prettier noises come out of Carmen Lombardo
6: I think me, Jack. I'm going to telephone a little news item to the paper. Wait, wait.
8: Oh, you mean George Burns? Yes. Oh, George, your husband? Yes. Oh, old sugar Throw? Sure. Oh. Oh, well, I, I don't suppose it would hurt if George sang on my program. What? Well, it's...
6: I was thinking of having him sing every week.
8: No, no, no. No, no.
6: well, I'll call the paper. But, Gracie,
8: this is blackmail.
6: <laughs> I know. Cute of me,
4: huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cute cute.
7: Ted joins our popular tenor, Jimmy Cash, in an enchanting ballad from the top musical show of the year,
4: Oklahoma. Oh, what a beautiful morning, oh, what a beautiful day, I got a beautiful feeling,
1: everything's going my way.
3: There's a bright golden haze on the meadow.
4: There's a bright
3: golden haze on the meadow. On it as high as an
4: elephant's eye, and it looks like it's climbing clear up to the Things going my way.
7: Anthony is pleading with Gracie to change her mind as they wait for
8: George to come home from the office. But but why does it have to be my program, Gracie? I mean, why don't you have George sing on Eddie Cantor's program?
6: Well, because I didn't catch Eddie Cantor in a beauty shop with his toupee and curlers. See,
8: <laughs> hey, there must be some other show he can go on. Maybe maybe Gabriel Heater needs to sing.
4: <laughs>
8: <laughs> or Mr. Anthony. <laughs> why don't you let George be his problem?
6: Oh, you, you amaze me. How can Jack Benny, who has the greatest talent in the world, fail to recognize George's talent?
8: Oh, 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 do you really think I have the greatest talent in the world? Well,
6: certainly, Rochester, Dennis Day, Mary Livingston. (laughs) Oh, oh, I see. And now I've got a big thrill for you. I have your program for next Sunday night, all planned. You have? Yes. It'll be the new and entertaining Jack Benny program featuring George Burns, California's answer to Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I,
4: look,
8: I, I can't do it, Gracie. I mean, I can't allow George to sing. Well,
6: shall I call the papers and tell them about the beauty shop?
8: He sings, he sings, ah. he sings.
6: <laughs> now, listen to the way I have the program all worked out. Hey, you're the star, so, of course, you come out first. Thank you. Your line is, Hello. And then George comes out for his opening number.
8: I just say hello.
6: Well, we could make it hello, everybody.
8: No, no, I don't want to hog the whole show.
6: Well, then George sings his second number, and back you come again. Good. To announce George's next number.
8: I hope my throat stands up.
6: And then right after that, Dennis Day comes in.
8: Dennis Day? Yes. Well, doesn't George do all the singing?
6: Well, yes, but I thought you might want a few laughs on the program.
8: Oh, yeah, I'll be glad to have them, I will yes,
6: yes. Then as soon as George finishes his next number, I'll come Now, wait
8: a minute, wait a minute Gracie, George can't sing the whole program I mean, he's not that good I know music, you know, I'm a musician
4: You are?
8: Well, I play the violin, don't I?
4: <laughs>
8: well, don't I?
4: <laughs> You're cute <laughs> Look,
8: Gracie, all that oh, I'm... A-
4: why, Jack Benny
8: Hello, George. How's the juggling game? (laughs) I'm not a juggler. Why doesn't everybody stop with that?
6: Oh, now, dear, don't get excited. Jack has some marvelous news for you. Tell him, Jack. Jack? I think I'll go call the papers.
8: All right, all right. I'll tell him.
6: Oh, good. I'll run out and make some coffee. Well, Jack, what is
1: it
8: you want to tell me? Well, first, first, I'd like to remind you that you're my dearest friend, George. And you're my dearest friend, Jack. I mean, you're even more than a friend to me, George. You're even more than a friend to me, Jack. I love you. I love you like a brother, George. I love you like a brother, Jack. I mean, I'd never do anything to hurt you, George. Thanks. Wait a minute. I'll try that again. (laughs) I'd never do anything to hurt you, George. I said, thanks. (laughs) George, look, I mean, I wouldn't louse you up if you had a comedy program. (laughs) If I had a comedy (laughs) program. I mean, look, you're my dearest uh, look, friend. Look, Jack, wh- what's the news, Jack? I mean, Jack? you're even more than the, a friend of me. The news, Jack. Look, what's the news? What pals we've always been uh, The news, Jack. You have some news for me. Look, remember the time in Cincinnati when you were broke and I gave you $10? It was Cleveland, Jack, and I gave you $20. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I had the state right. It was Ohio. <laughs> yeah, the news, Jack. What's this news you have for me? Well, yes.
6: Well, dear, did Jack tell you the news?
8: No, not yet. He's been, he's been leading up to it by the way of Cleveland and Cincinnati. <laughs> Jack,
6: I'll bet Little Abner won't be the funniest thing in the paper tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> uh,
8: no, all right. George, look, I want you to sing on my radio program. Why, Jack Benny. Now, now, don't be really? hasty, George. I mean, don't, don't jump at it. Uh, think it over for the duration
4: <laughs>
8: I don't have to I'll sing a dozen songs for you, pal And it won't cost you a cent For free? Sure No, 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 sure, no. I-, I can't think of it that way Well, all right, then you can pay me No, I can't think of it that way either <laughs>
6: what's making Jack hesitate, dear. He hasn't heard you sing recently. Sing ain't misbehaving for him. Sure,
8: glad to. Well,
6: sit down, Jack.
8: No, I'll take it standing up. <laughs>
6: now, come on, dear.
8: No one to talk with all by myself. No one to walk with. I'll have to be on the shelf. Hey, ain't misbehaving shaving all my love off. Oh, baby, love you. Really saving love you. <laughs> he doesn't juggle at all. <laughs> I know for certain you're the one I love. I'm through with flirting. It's you that I'm thinking of. Amos behaving, saving all my love for. Oh, baby, my love for you. Jack, what makes you think he's a juggler? He must be. <laughs> Jackie Horner, in the corner. Don't go nowhere. And I don't care all your kiss that you gave me, baby. Daddy, daddy, daddy. I might be blood and guts But that's just guts. <laughs> I don't stay out late And I don't care to go I'm home about it Me and my radio Amos for heaven Saving all my love for You
6: Well, Jack?
8: Gracie, call the newspaper <laughs> Mills and his orchestra.
7: Tonight, from Felix's memory album, it's Honey Suckle
8: got the impression that Jack Benny didn't like my singing.
6: Oh, George, that's silly. Didn't you hear him tell me to call the newspapers? He wants to give them a big story about you. Yeah,
8: but I noticed that while I was singing, he he kind of turned green. Oh, well, of
6: course. Of course he turned green. You sang exactly like John McCormick.
8: Oh, so that's what it well, was. Oh,
6: sure. Now, I'll go in and talk to Jack. You stay here and spray your precious little night
8: Okay. From time to time and every time. Jack. Yeah?
6: Well, naturally, you were joking before when you told me to call the newspapers, weren't you?
8: Not me, Gracie. Look, I'd rather have everybody know I was in a beauty shop than have sugar throats smell up my program.
6: (laughs) Well, I'm warning you, I'll phone the paper. Phone them. This is my last warning, Jack. Go ahead. I'll phone the paper. Phone them. This is my last warning, Jack. Go
8: ahead.
6: I'll phone the paper. Phone them. This is my last warning, Jack. Go ahead. Go ahead. Up on the paper For Pete's
8: sake phone no
6: No Jack No I can't I'm too fine Too decent I can't stoop to blackmail When I see it isn't working (laughs) Now
8: now, please Don't think I'm a heel Gracie I'm Gee I'm kind of animals I'm fond of children But I I just don't like George's voice
6: Oh You're fond of children Huh I love them (sighs) Poor little junior Poor little who? Junior. He'd be so proud if he knew that his daddy had sung on the Jack Benny program.
8: Gracie, you mean... Yes.
6: George and I are parents now. He's the father and I'm the mother. (laughs) Gee
8: whiz, I I can't believe it. How... When did it happen?
6: Well, I don't remember exactly. We were so excited at the time.
8: (laughs) Well, I'll be darned. Good old George has a baby.
6: It hardly seems possible Yes I was amazed when George told me
8: I just can't get over it, Gracie I'm so happy for you So happy for George Who does the kid look like? Like me I'm so happy for the kid
6: <laughs> Say,
8: could I, could I see him? I'm crazy about kids Really, Jack? Oh, sure I mean, Many, many the time I bought a bag of candy And blew up the bag to amuse a kid <laughs> Imagine, good old George, your father.
4: Well,
6: you can do something awfully nice for Junior. Let his father sing on your program.
8: Gracie, I'm mad about children. No, but that...
6: please, Jack. The baby adores you. When you're on the air, he lies in his crib gurgling with his little foot in his mouth. When Fred Allen's on, he puts his foot in his ear.
8: He what a smart little rascal.
6: Uh, I know you'll do it for Junior. I can look in your sensitive blue eyes and tell it you won't disappoint him.
8: They are blue, aren't they? <laughs> All right, George can sing one song just for the baby.
6: Well, let him sing two songs. We're expecting another one.
8: <laughs> really? Yes. Good old George. Did, uh, did I hear somebody call me? No, we were talking about you. Gracie told me everything. Congratulations, George. You mean I can sing a song on your program? Yes, sir. You deserve it. Gracie tells me there's going to be another one. Well, two would be fine if it's all right with you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Why not? Have you picked out a name for the second one? Would you like Moonglow?
4: Moonglow Burns. (laughs) but won't that
8: be just a little too corny? Oh, I don't think so, Jack. You know, while you were away, I took a few lessons from Crosby.
6: <laughs> you did? Yes. Now- yeah, yes,
8: I'll be going. But, George, first, can I see the nursery?
6: Well, Jack... The nursery? Hiya, what? folks.
8: What goes on?
6: Oh, Bill, am I glad to see you. Bill, I just heard the news.
8: Now, why didn't you tell me that George and Gracie had Bill, a... Li-
6: yes, Bill. Oh, why didn't you tell Jack what George and I had?
8: Well, what did you have?
6: An idea for you to announce Jack's program and George sings at it. Huh?
8: But I Oh, meant well, there. that's a great idea, Jack. I'd be glad to. Now, wait a minute. I have an announcer, Don Wilson. Well, okay, you can have two announcers. Don Wilson is to announce.
4: (laughs) But
7: Don can't announce your program, Jack. He doesn't know anything about Swan Soap. Swan Soap? Well, sure. He doesn't know that Swan is the new white floating soap that's four soaps in one. The soap for dishes, light laundry, bathing the baby, or for your hands and face. Don doesn't know that.
8: Well, I could teach him. I mean, what am I saying? I don't sell soap. I, I sell grape nuts flakes. Well, but, but that's ridiculous, Jack. Can you bathe a baby with grape nuts flakes? Well, I wouldn't want to answer that until I've talked to my sponsor.
4: <laughs>
8: well, I can... They're very resourceful, you know. Well, I they can... They may be working on that right
4: now. You know.
7: <laughs> well, I can tell you the doctors recommend Swan for bathing the baby. Swan is so mild it's kind even to a little baby's tender skin. It's pure as fine castiles too, so you
8: know it must be great for your complexion. Gee, bathing a baby. You ever bathe that little darling of yours, George? Don't be silly. We take showers.
4: Huh?
6: He, he means us. But the Swan is great for bathing the baby.
7: Oh, yes, and Gracie breaks it in two, so she can... Breaks it in two? <laughs> well, sure, Jack. Swan breaks in two, so you can use half in the kitchen
8: for your dishes and light laundry... And half in the bathroom for the baby, or for your tub or shower, oh well, look, bill, don't bother to tell me about Swanso because I'm just using George on my program, not you. you see, I'm only doing it for junior
6: junior well yes, George, that's what Jack calls you because you're so much younger than Jack
4: <laughs>
6: no
8: no look, I mean the baby, the baby but well,
6: yes that's what he calls me because I'm so much younger than you.
8: No, Gracie, look, I'm talking about your child. Child? Well,
6: goodbye, Jack. See you at rehearsal Sunday. Wait a
8: minute. Wait a minute. Gracie, what does he mean, our child?
6: Oh, dear. I knew there was something I forgot to tell you.
8: Uh, we haven't got a child. You... Well, so that's it, Gracie. Just to get George on my program, you invented a baby. Oh,
6: no, I can't take credit for that. They were invented years ago. <laughs> Don't try to get out of
8: it. I don't want to sing on the radio if I have to get on by tricks. Now, apologize to Jack.
6: I'm sorry, Jack.
8: And don't ever do a thing like that again. I won't do Ever, understand? Yes, dear. Come on, Jack. I'll walk you down to the corner. My goodness, George. What you go through with a name?
6: <laughs> uh, hello? Hello, Fipper? This is Gracie. Uh, would you and Molly let George sing in your program next week? Yeah, I know you've got to sing it, but I thought you might do it for Junior. Yes, you see, we just had a baby. Yeah,
4: so fast.
7: George and Grace will be right back. And I'm just going to be here long enough to remind you that the government needs your waste kitchen fats more than ever before. Now, I know sometimes it's a lot of trouble to render the extra fat you trim from meat. And to strain all your waste fats from roasting and frying. Those waste fats are so urgently needed for making glycerin. and That glycerin is so necessary for making ammunition that I know you won't mind doing whatever you can. So don't forget, huh? Turn those waste fats into your butcher and keep turning them in. Well, here they are again, those ever-loving Burnses, George and Gracie. Well,
6: George, I've got some wonderful news. Silver McGee wants you to sing on his program.
1: Really? Yes,
6: and when he comes over to close the deal, will you sort of fold this napkin into a triangle? Why? Uh, Well, for some silly reason, he thinks we have a baby. Again? Good night,
3: folks. Good night.
7: The makers of Swan, the new white floating soap, join George and Gracie in inviting you to tune in to your Columbia station again next week, same time. Don't forget, George Burns and Gracie Allen CBS next Tuesday night. And until next week, this is Bill Goodwin saying, Well, I swan, how about you? Good night, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Abbott and Costello, followed by Dragnet. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening.